You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high-adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's very special episode of the podcast. This one, we've been wanting to do this for a very long time. So let me give a little backstory before we jump right in, just in case there are any new listeners and they're not caught up on the lore and connections that are going on here. So first of all, we have myself with a podcast. Obviously, here we are. We have Yvette Young, Guitarist extraordinaire, musician extraordinaire, really. She's extremely talented, and she's been on this show multiple times. She's one of my favorite people to talk to, and if you have not heard her previous appearances on the podcast, you definitely need to cycle back in the feed and check those out, because those were some wild conversations. And then we have Dewey, my good friend Dewey, fellow Portlander, and also excellent podcaster. He's been on the show as well. He has a podcast called the Peer Pleasure Podcast. He speaks to a ton of interesting people, and he has also had Yvette on, I think this is her fifth appearance officially. And so what we've done is we just decided, let's all three sit down for a a dual podcast of sorts. Maybe a roundtable? I don't know what you call it, but we recorded it all together, and Dewey and I are both publishing it. So that's what's going on here. And there's not much gear talk on this. I think the word guitar pedal gets mentioned once. This is really just three buddies catching up, and we get into some really, really interesting territory here. Some of it's very lighthearted, very goofy, and some of it is actually pretty in-depth and maybe even might require somewhat of a trigger warning for some people because there's not only just goofy and really gross band talk, But there's also some serious subjects that get brought up, like abuse and violent interactions and things like that. And so if you're not comfortable with those kind of topics, maybe skip this one. But this one really goes all over the place. I don't mean to make it sound like it's all doom and gloom and you should be scared of it, but it really ranges from just laugh out loud to really introspective. So not much gear talk. Again, this is is three friends catching up after this crazy, crazy period that we've went through. And uh, yeah, there's not much more to say about it. Let's get right into this extremely special episode. I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, let's do it. Come on. Since... Sounds Just great. The mic. That should yeah. be good. Yeah. Is this great? Okay, Is this so too close now? Yvette's on three, four. Okay. Hello. 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 That's good. All right. That's good. I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right on. All right. All we're right. We're here. It, then. We're here. You want to set the scene, Dewey? Or? Uh, Where are we? We're at the Doug Fir in Portland, Oregon, under a tent of the newly actually being remodeled Jupiter Hotel on some delicious uh, 
what would you, these aren't Adirondack chairs. What are these? I don't know, but they're kind of comfortable. They're wonderful. They're yeah. ergonomic. I feel supported everywhere. And uh, yeah, these are great. So anyway, this almost didn't happen. Blake <laughs> pimped my ride with Google. Uh, <laughs> if you have a Ford car that is acting a fool, stick your key in, turn it to the on position eight times within 10 seconds, mm -hmm. your locks will click and then push your key fob and it will fix your car. Potentially. 100%. You got the Ford van out there. You Excuse know, me. You've got the van out there. We, we won't, do. We won't say what kind yeah. of car it is. The legendary van where we first recorded. I know. It's historic now. <laughs> it, it is, is for sure. That was, I remember listening to that episode. Oh, we yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. Because it was, it was such a crazy story on how that all came to be. It wasn't going to happen or something like the rain or some weather yeah, it was thing. Raining. Yeah. The power went out at the Hawthorne theater. If right. I remember correctly. And so it's always like something we like you come here and we are like, Oh no, we're not going to get to record or, you know, whatever it happens to be. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it, it, it just works out. Yeah. You do it. Like the universe just hazes you and then <laughs> gives you what you want at the end. It, does. it shows you how bad you want to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we'll listen to each other's episodes and be like, man, I wish I was a part of this one. And then, yeah, here we are. Here we We've are. We've been talking about doing this for two and a half-ish years, probably. Yeah. We were going to do it online, but it was like, oh, let's wait to do it in person. It'll be better. And I think I it is. I know what it is because you're incredible, Yvette, but you've been on Pure Pleasure Four times. This is your fifth time, technically, because it's going to count on both. The only fifth timer. Whoa, I'm honored. Uh, <laughs> but also one of the most requested people, even still, like, when are you going to talk to Yvette again? When are you going to talk to Yvette what? again? Oh. And it's always, it always happens. <laughs> I'm uh, honored. And it's, it's great. I, I love it. And, and I've been, I was so excited when this came through. And uh, I'm glad we're here. This is my first dual podcast. I've never ah. done, like, more than one person, so. Excellent. This is, yeah, we don't, we, neither of us do this very often. I've never done, I've never done this either. I've done, now I've done a few, this. um, some of my early ones I did with, uh, Ryan from 60 cycle hum back in the day when I, at my first name, I've, I've done a handful, but yeah, generally it's, it's a one-on-one -on -one type situation. Yeah. But, I've done other podcasters, but never together like this. No. Crazy things might happen. Oh. Who knows? Chemistry. Yeah. We're getting wild. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> anywho. But, uh, so yeah. Portland, Doug Fur, in person, back in action. This is wonderful. Dewey, is this your first in person since lockdown or have you had others? This is my first in person okay. since lockdown. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I think, uh, no. Chino. Oh, I went that's to right. Chino's house. That's did right. The but Yvette was part of that too. She was part of the five year celebration. That's three, right. Three episode trifecta. I Chino, you, and then my Carrera. Uh, but yeah, that was my first since then, and uh, it felt really good. Yeah. But then I haven't done any since then. <laughs> <laughs> I did my first one last week, and uh, yeah, it was like whoa because this was becoming in persons were finally becoming normal for yeah. me. 
like you were one of my first like oh i'm going to a venue and i'm going to record with an artist that i like so and cool you're in their smelly van and i liked the smelly like... van it was a good vibe <laughs> like we fogged it up in there and made it look weird and it was... <laughs> oh man <laughs> where do you park where do you park the van when you're at home like like you don't have well not the exact address, but is it at your place? <laughs> My is address it, is. is it, <laughs> uh, the coordinates. We've, been, we've been through that before, but I guess what I'm getting at is when your folks poke their head in the van, if they do, are yeah. they completely disgusted? Because my parents <laughs> lost their minds the first time we drove to Alaska and they like poked their head and see where yeah. their kids been living. They about died. It was awful. Yeah, we uh, so we parked the van at David's house. He has like the most street parking space. Um, and the van is in pretty abysmal condition. Um, I've been requesting a deep, deep a deep clean slash detail for the van mm -hmm. for like a couple years now. I feel like we're definitely due. There's like certain coffee stains that I think have been there for five years. There's like a <laughs> coffee. There's like a cup holder and. Because uh, the suspension, the van's a bit shaky, like uh -huh. coffee just splatters on the side of the van. I just like look at that splatter and just memories come flooding back of past tours. <laughs> I remember the, just the, the coffee splashing and like adding. Yeah compounding into this one brown stain on the side. Yeah. I mean, sorry, I need to stop talking about this coffee stain. This is compounding coffee stains. That yeah. sounds like a, some sort of punk band. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is um, important. This is we important. try to take out trash every gas station. That's like the rule. Um, currently I have, I'm sitting by a huge pile of everyone's jackets because we all thought it would be a lot colder for some reason. <laughs> so yeah, it's just boots, jackets, random petals floating around yeah i lost my slowly melting in there i'm trying to find it oh uh, no yeah uh i brought it for this tour but then ended up um not using it as much as i wanted because we're not playing like the heavier new stuff mm -hmm. so i just took it off and now it's like floating in the van somewhere <laughs> evan if you're listening i'm i'm sorry i'll find it <laughs> <laughs> man I miss, I miss those days so bad the just the random the randomness of what you find in the van after a tour is disgusting. <laughs> What's the grossest thing uh, you found? Uh, okay. Okay, here so we go. Okay. You're, you're a touring musician. You'll, you won't get, maybe not get as grossed out by this. We took it one step further though, but we uh, would pee in jugs. Oh. I think I know where this is going. Mm -hmm. So not one, but two tours later, mm -hmm. we found a piss jug underneath Ooh. one of the back seats that had turned brown. <laughs> Sediment had started like it was starting to break down mm. then we turned it in because it was so gross we turned it into a game to see who could take the <laughs> lid off and like let all your air out and like breathe in the smell <laughs> without puking i thought you guys were gonna drink it no I like, I no, know no no that would that would kill somebody people i mean this is borderline piss, people but not not old piss people drink fermented old piss like have you been on YouTube? Or is this is one guy who like literally just eats raw meat and drinks piss. Liver King? I don't know. Is his name Liver King with like a, a 36 pack? I have no, yeah, he is very swole and he has a wife and kids, surprisingly. So yeah. I just like feel so bad. That might be Liver King. It's probably Liver King. Okay. Yeah. I'm not. There Whoa. we go. Wow. That's that's him. He's pissed. That's Liver King. You heard us talking about him. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> these, these ancestral tenants, boy. You gotta live them. You know who that is? That's Matt Pike from High on Fire. That's who it is. Oh no. my god. Oh, that's He's ruined two be. interviews now for me. Matt Pike? With that's his with his with his El Camino, like that, ripping up the 
Well, this would be the Hell second yeah, one. <laughs> he lives right down the road. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. It's probably, it's probably him. But anyway. I watch a lot of stuff. Phil, what else? What else are you watching? <laughs> Let's get into this because this is fascinating. Oh, man. Okay. Things I've been Ooh. watching on YouTube. I'm obsessed with this comedian named Connor O'Malley. Like, I don't know. He's on, I think you should leave. Like, you, you know, Tim Robinson. He's I just started watching that. So good. Um, I love Tim Robinson as well. Um, but Connor is like one of the characters on a show and he has his own channel. There's this one video he made called Endorphin Port and it's just like so... <laughs> I, I'm not even going to explain it. Just like go Endorphin watch. Endorphin port? Yeah, go watch Endorphin port. It's basically like what the future is going to look like. I can with imagine. the metaverse. Oh, yeah. And like, my God. Yeah, it's, he's incredible. Um, I feel like he understands me on like a deep spiritual level. I wish I could be as unhinged as, as he is. So I'm just like living <laughs> vicariously through his videos right now. Um, <clears throat> so there's that. Obviously, I've, you know given away that I I've watched this guy drink piss and eat raw meat. Yeah. Um, not like regularly. I just like, I'm aware of his existence okay. through being like an inhabitant of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this cooking channel I discovered through quarantine called cooking with K A's kitchen uh-huh. and bless her. You know, she's like this British lady who just tries, who just tries to cook. <laughs> I, I can't say that it's good, but the, the passion and the spirit is there. Yeah. And um, for those of you first timers, maybe watch her a different, the video is called a different kind of spaghetti. Um, Ooh, that then, sounds like it could be rough just from the name. Yeah. So that, that that's a YouTube channel that I've been watching. I She's improving, which yeah. honestly kind of bums me out because I'm like, <laughs> no, you're supposed to do that thing badly. Oh my God. <laughs> just proves you can do anything on the internet with the power of the internet yeah you know i think more people could learn from her because she knows she's not very good like it's apparent in her attitude about it mm-hmm. but she like just churns out videos nonstop, and she doesn't do it for validation she just does it because she loves cooking for her son who has to taste test everything yeah and it's it's beautiful because she has like millions of views and she's able to make a living from it do you engage with any of these YouTubers? No, no, no. no. I like, I'm a very strict, I barely comment okay. or talk on the internet. I'm just like a creep lurking, watching. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my next com- like question because, you know, inevitably, if you did comment a lot, somebody's going to probably notice at some point. And that, yeah. that's got to get a little, <laughs> a like, little dicey once in a while, I suppose. I know it's funny because I'm technically like a quote unquote public figure, but I like keeping it low key. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. Still your creep on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I was, I'm curious how you engage with other creators like yourself when you do like either find a kinship with them or find something like I need to talk to this person. Has that happened to where you have engaged one of these, not, not the cooking shows, but maybe something guitar related or something music related to where like it's turned into something, but, but you, instead of lurking, actually approach them since you have people that approach you all the time through your social media. I'm wondering, I'm curious how you would approach someone as a, as a fan, I guess is what I'm getting I, at. It's I feel like, like I never have, like I rarely do just cause I'm so like, I have this weird thing where I'm like, don't get to know anyone. Cause if they exist as, as this abstraction in your head, like nothing can disappoint you. you. You won't have any bad interactions with them. Like, it's just like, you can admire their art from afar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this like personal thing. 
And then I feel like once the interaction started, like it opens up this Pandora's box of like, oh, like now things can get weird or like now, like I could be annoying them or something. And so yeah. then, I don't know. I feel like that happened with, uh, um, oh, I really look up to Olaf Arnold's and, um, like I remember I got really excited cause like, well, yeah, he, he asked me to like do this feature thing and then he didn't get back to me about it after I sent it. So like now that's existing in my mind is just like, huh, I wonder if like he hated what I did or like, did I piss him off or <laughs> is that, but it's just honestly cool that he asked me like, to me, that's like significant and meaningful enough. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, water in the bridge there. Um, I think, uh, Oh, I recently did a collaboration with this artist I really love called Brother Tiger. Mm -hmm. And I like, <clears throat> Brother Tiger got me through quarantine. I was like running all the time and like listening to his music. It's so good. He did this Tears for Fears cover album and it's like arguably cooler than the original. I didn't say that. Don't crucify me. Oh, <laughs> that's a <laughs> time. I know. That's rough. <laughs> Don't crucify me. Okay, look, they're they're different. They're both amazing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I'm just such like a brother tiger stand. And when I got to do this collab, I was really excited. I get to work with someone I really look up to. So that's cool. Turned out cool. Um That's um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but that I don't feel like that happened because I like talked to him. That happened because we happened to both be friends with like the guy he records with. So mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of like linked us together. Connected it. I totally understand the like wanting to maintain some level of distance and mystique from like artists that you really look up to but I, I think Dewey can relate to this like my whole goal is to meet artists that I look up to and for me personally I've yet to be like disappointed it's always been like I know it's gonna happen at some point you know you do enough episodes you're gonna be like I can't wait to talk to insert person here and like man I couldn't believe that Ted Nugent was a jerk could you believe that yeah. <laughs> shocking uh, <laughs> I just I don't know why I had to do it sorry sorry bad humor um, but you know for me it's always been really rewarding to like peel back the curtain a little bit and it's also empowered me to like make my own stuff I'm like oh they're okay I can do stuff too like they're people you know yeah and and so I understand like wanting to maintain some level of mystique, but I've always found it really rewarding to actually get to meet my heroes, at least so far. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. I think like for me, it's like, it's not even that it's been disappointing or whatever. It's just like, I'm just such a shy person and yeah. I, I'll like talk to someone and be really warm if I approach, but like, otherwise I try to stay, I don't know, like I try to just do my thing and mm -hmm. not really pay attention to like much around me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We were talking about this, something similar. I don't know if I've ever told you this, Yvette, but the first time you and I met, uh, I showed up to the, the place. And we were talking about this. We were getting dinner in there while you guys were doing your VIP. And, and uh, I don't know how it came up, but it's something like, it's one, it goes along with like, don't judge a book by its cover kind mm -hmm. of thing. Because I showed it, and David was, was like kind of the tour manager, so to speak. So I showed up met him. He's like, Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Just wait right over here. You know, she'll be ready in just a second. Cool. And, uh, I had no idea. Like I, we've never met you and I yeah. never met. So I had no idea where this was going to go, but you were like, you guys were headlining. I believe it was at like Al's den or so it was under the crystal ballroom. It was like yeah. in the middle. You're right. It and was a headline show. Yeah. It, 
but you were trying to get everything perfect, like get it all set up, make sure it's ready to go. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting there. It was so hot that that it was a summertime show, I believe, because it was like sweltering hot. And and like you went to this side of the stage, you went to this side of the stage, went to this way, this way. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, are we ever going to do this thing? Like, I'm just sitting here while like getting impatient. I was like, in my mind, I'm just like, this is taking forever. And then you came over and you're like, oh, hey, I'm Yvette, you know, and everything. And then we did our interview. And I was like, this is one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. So it was one of those things where I was like, I could have just been like, well, you know, it's been 20 minutes past time. I'm just going to bail. And none of this would ever happen. <laughs> so it's one of those things where, where, uh, you know, it kind of goes along with the the meeting your heroes kind of thing. But like, you just don't know. You don't know what someone's going through, dealing with. Yeah. When I looked back on, I was like, I was, while well, she was setting stuff up everywhere, like getting everything ready to go for the show. It's your show. Yeah. Which made complete sense. But then I was just like, what a dick. I was just like, <laughs> and then great, one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life. And it, it would have just gone away if I would have just been in my head still, you know, I don't think I've ever told you that, but it was, it was really funny to look back on that weird talk. It's yeah. like, man, I could have been a complete asshole and and I'm really glad I wasn't because uh yeah, I don't know what it was that day. Maybe it was just a long day or something. Gee. But I I was like really impatient and I'm usually not that way. <laughs> it's okay. But it was but anyway, it worked out in a much different way than I than I was expecting. So yeah, tour's kind of crazy. Like yeah. you know, especially when you're operating at a level where yeah. oh sorry. Oh, hello. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Get that, get that crowd surfer and you'll hear about your tip. All right. Thank you. That's that a, is Forrest Macho Man Randy Savage I right like there. That. That's wonderful. Uh, I love yeah, those glasses. He just delivered a tea for me. We we do tour bovas because <laughs> it's like we don't drink, we don't really like party or anything. We just love yeah bubble tea. Mm -hmm. That's our thing. I love that wholesome. Yeah. Um, I was saying like, yeah, tour is crazy. Like, I feel like things are all slightly behind schedule, and mm. like it's just we're not at a level where we can like have someone just do everything and even right now with the tm and stuff like we're still super involved in like setup and like mm -hmm. all that so it's just yeah it's, it's crazy hard to let go of that trust to trust someone else to to even just set up for, for you me, to do what you do yeah it's like it's not even a trust thing for me it's just like i am just inherently uncomfortable with people doing things for me like mm. it's just programmed into me like even waiters and stuff like i'm like please don't wait on me like i i feel like it's weird like i i want to clean up after myself i want to lo load my own stuff it's just like how i was raised yeah so to have someone else do that for me makes me feel like a little spoiled princess and i don't like that feeling <laughs> <laughs> as i as i sit here and have my tea brought to me yeah. by my drummer <laughs> <laughs> and he, I think he bowed on the way out. Of yeah, he like, did. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. A bow or a curtsy? Yeah. It, was one it was a curtsy. Yeah, it was a curtsy. curtsy. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Either way, it was very, very endearing. I liked it quite a lot. It <laughs> yeah. was nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. A, we're a wholesome bunch, like a family. Mm -hmm. Soaring. <laughs> I don't know how people can tour and like hate each other. Like I can't. I can never do that. Oh, people have made careers out of hating each other mm -hmm. on tour. Maybe it comes out on stage. Yeah. The aggression Dude. of the hatred while piling mm -hmm. up in the van and all of a sudden it's just like. But like, yeah. it's crazy because I feel like on stage, I can't put on a good show if I'm pissed off at anyone. Like, I feel like that energy comes out and you can feel it in the chemistry on stage. Mm -hmm. Have you ever played any pissed off shows? I have. 
I have. How was it? Oh, uh, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. It ended with an all, a near fist fight at a convenience store afterwards. Separating us from the chips, like a, like a chip uh, rack. <laughs> if it wasn't between where like go to one side, go to the other, you know how you like, let me get, let me at him, you know, like yeah. it ended that way. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, and that's not the only one of course, but. Do you remember what was the cause of it? Yeah, it was. Uh, so going back to, to you and I connecting through other things, that bottom of the hill show you were at at Portugal, man, that was the first one I did with them. Yeah. Maybe third oh, show this I did fight was at the bottom of the hill show? No, but it was, it was with Portugal, the man, it was with John and, uh, but it was, excuse me, it was with anatomy of a ghost, John, not Portugal, the man, John. So same John different era of, gotcha. of different era age. of John. Yes. When we were younger in anatomy of a ghost, John and I got at each other's throats all the time. So he would do things like he would, he would, <laughs> this is so dumb. Yvette. Uh, he would, <laughs> I was just so defensive and angry that he would say something and I would hear it wrong. So there's one. So one show we had a sliding van door, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and he slammed it. My foot was in there and he said, stop being such a priss. Right. But then I said, who the fuck is Chris? Like I thought he was calling me Chris. <laughs> who cares if someone calls you Chris? Who's Chris? <laughs> so I said, Chris. who the fuck is Chris? And I was like ready to kill him. He meant Chris Angel. Just went, <laughs> the I said, Chris, I said, Chris, you're being a priss. And it just went on from there and there and there. And so, but with that band, we would like beat each other up on stage. Like we'd be like flying kicks and like John, John would get on Zach's shoulders and stand up and wrap a mic cord around his neck and lean backwards. Whoa. Uh, and they never had any beef together, but like if he was on my shoulders, whatever, like I fell against my amp and my head hit me in the chin, uh, fell off my cab and hit me in the chin, busted oh my, my chin open. Like there was a lot of animosity in that band. That's insane that and you could get through a set. I don't remember why. It was like, well, yeah, we had to. Like, yeah. we, we needed that 50 bucks to eat tomorrow. Like, yeah. it was that. It was feral. It was like a, a way toned down black flag, I guess. Like, <laughs> we weren't in those dire straits. So, we had, like, the internet. But we weren't eating dog food, but we were eating, like, $3 a day budget for food. It was terrible. Yeah, you told me a story about, like, sharing a burger or something. Oh, making the McDonald's yeah. value menu into a nice meal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember that one. What? what? It was taste. So you take $3, <laughs> right? Back then the dollar menu, everything was a dollar. Okay. So you buy a McChicken sandwich. Right. A small fry, a side salad, and a water. The water is free. So there's your drink. Mm -hmm. You take the chicken off the McChicken, cut it up, and put it on the salad. Make a chicken salad. Mm-hmm. And then you put the fries on the bun for the burger and eat it, a fry burger okay. with a chicken salad. And you felt fancy. This is kind of exotic. Yeah. yeah. Or you go to Taco Bell and get three bean burritos and then it's over. Show's yeah. over. That's Yeah, you're done. Yeah, especially, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You're gyrating around after that. You can't do it. So, so how do you guys deal with um, venting out animosity after a fight like how is it resolved is it ever resolved well i will fit in and not to put it in these terms but i guess kind of is a lot of times if a, if you see two dudes and they're like best friends you ask how they met sometimes it's because they beat shit out of each other and they became <laughs> mm -hmm. best friends right yeah you just club them over the head and then you work it out i think it's different with women 
but like men aggressively that way, like the, especially that age there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You fight each other and fight each other. And then you realize, Hey, you're kind of cool. Like and what does friends. it happen? Like mid fight? Like you're like, Damn. no, it's afterwards. Someone okay. wins, someone wins. And then it's, you know, you hug it out and you're like, all right, you're cool. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it, do you feel it's like it's like primal. the emotional aspect of it? Like is, is actually it disappears. Like it's gone. Kind of yeah, the reactionary, yeah. mm -hmm. the reactionary side takes over. And I'll then have to try this. You, you get out everything. <laughs> I'm getting ideas. You get it out. <laughs> yeah. You get it out. You just wail on them or they wail on you and all that adrenaline melts down. And then you think clearly for a second. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really like a refractory weird. period. So, so have you been in a fight? Oh yeah. Yes. And about that same age. Okay. No, I, I didn't tour. One thing I've talked about on my show a lot is that like I knew early on, like I loved music. I loved recording. I loved mm -hmm. writing. I was like, I hate road trips. So there's <laughs> no way I'm ever going to be able to tour. I hate even casual, nice road trips. I just don't like them. Four hours is like my max that I want to drive. I just don't, don't like it. And so I knew that like, I'm never going to tour and like make that my life. So I, that's sort of why I shuttled careers and went com a completely different direction, even though music was what I really loved. That makes sense. But I definitely like was an angry teenager and definitely got into fights. I can't say that I ever developed a best friend from fights, but I did not be enemies with people. Mm -hmm. It was like, sometimes there was like me and this guy hate each other. And then we would, it would get to a head and we would beat the crap out of each other one way or another. And then it was like, we're cool now. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do that anymore. Like, yeah, you know, like we, we got that out of our system and now we can be mm -hmm. civil. Yeah. At the very least. All know. these all these bands have like band therapists and whatever, but maybe they should just be beating the shit out of each other instead. I would love to do that. To be a band therapist. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if I was to do that, if I was to go into that realm, I would focus strictly on bands. I think it's really needed, honestly, because I think especially like a normal therapist, this is what I, I, I use better help right now. And it's just, it's okay. They used to sponsor the show. Oh, hey, <laughs> yeah. I use better help. Yeah. Had some horror stories starting out, but now I've, I've settled on someone who's really, who's actually helpful. Um, it's just difficult though. Cause I feel like there's some aspects of touring that if you just don't do it, like mm -hmm. you just won't understand that you, you know, you can't like, just, just walk away. Like, no, you can't. You're literally in mm -hmm. a contained enclosure, like yeah, driving yeah. for like 15 hours. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's actually a really, um, that's a job that is necessary. And I don't think there's people who do it. I don't think that they need they specialize in that. Like there's yeah. that Metallica documentary, some kind of monster and they bring in the therapist mm -hmm. that lives with them basically for a year yeah. while they're making that awful record. And then, uh, Oh, there is your, your Matt. homie again. God damn. <laughs> they're in Europe right now. There's no that's way not Matt. That's, that, that's definitely a four cylinder. Yeah. I think that's Chris. <laughs> yes. I don't know who Chris is. Chris. It's Chris. Chris. It's Chris. <laughs> Chris, settle down. Yeah. God. Ah, shut up, Chris. Yeah. Chris. There was one fight about a of a like a sound in an inlet, like on in the water, like which one was which. <laughs> to where Logan, our tour manager, and John almost got in a fight. What? Dude. <laughs> oh my God. That van saw some stories. Yeah. Much like yours. But uh Oh my God. We've been doing um one thing that I've been enforcing on this tour 
is every Monday we do like a wellness check because in a in a van when you're traveling that's headquarters is you can't hide anything. Yeah. Like if you're in a bad mood, especially because we're all kind of sensitive people, like we pick up on the mood change, mm-hmm. and it's like in order to stay on the same wavelength as everyone i feel like it's important that everyone knows what's going on especially if like we're going to operate like a family like Mm -hmm. you know it's important that we all know if someone's going through rough times so we can anticipate if they need some space or like if we have to treat them like extra nice or something Mm -hmm. because you're going through a hard time um we also do efficiency i can't talk efficiency checks where it's like okay what went well the last couple of shows what Mm -hmm. didn't what can we like improve and it's cool because everyone kind of gets a chance to like voice their grievances and nothing. I hate passive aggression. Like to me, it's yeah. like there's no room for that on the road. So everything comes out and it's nice. God, Ken must love you guys. Uh, no, <laughs> probably, well, maybe. He's like, these guys understand <laughs> what it's like to be adults. I, I feel like we're always bothering him. You can, you can check in <sighs> with him. You can, you should interview Ken. Be like, there's, I would love it. to. <laughs> there's things that we had called the manager for that I will not repeat on this show, but like situations that happened physically that like you were web MDing things, like things happened and then uh, embarrassing things happened where, middle of the night call rich and ask him what to do do we go to the hospital like yeah i'll, I'll tell you about it off air but it's it's uh oh my god it's hilarious because i was there when it happened and i was trying to sleep and it was bad but um come to find out rich gets a call in the middle of the night like what like what happened so like things like that but we had no we had no hey let's chat about this or that it was like where's the next show let's go yeah you guys handle it in a very mature way well, it's which is the only it's way. It's been a long time coming. Like. I've been wanting it for like several tours now, and this is the first tour where we have like a TM. And I told her I was like, mm-hmm. enforce this, and she's like, okay, got it. And, mm-hmm. and she and does it. It's it's been a necessity. Like honestly, the first couple of shows were insane, just because we had tech issues. Like we did, we swapped a sound check with another band just to streamline things. Um, you know, I won't air my bandmates' personal thing. Like I feel like I. When I like love and care about people, I don't want to waste any time being upset at them because mm-hmm. it's like such a stupid use of energy. Yeah. So I'm like, if we can just talk about it right now, it's going to be uncomfortable. But if we can get through it, then like it'll make the rest of tour just like super easy. And then it builds trust because then someone can come to you with their problem and trust that you're not going to take it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So for me, like whenever I have. usually it's like if I'm upset about something, even if I view it as somebody else's fault, I can usually try to flip it around and internalize it to be like, okay, this is how I feel about it, but Mm -hmm. they are viewing it differently, but I'll still be mad about it. And I'll need to get that out somehow. And for me, that's usually like a physical thing that I need to do by myself. Oh, I thought you meant like a fight. Well, (laughs) no, I don't go around. (laughs) I don't don't go around punching people these days. Now now I punch myself. No, don't do that. I get it though. I get it. It's it's usually like a physical, like, like, you know, some sort of intense something like workout or whatever. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, I don't see how, like, I know there's a lot of people that deal with that kind of stuff that same way. And I don't even know how that's possible on the road. Like to to get it Like if you were to like, uh, maybe like powerlifting is your thing or running or running. I used to run to get it. I was boxing for a while. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That would do it. Boxing is a good one. Bring a little little bag. There you go. 
get one of those uh those foam dudes that you can just punch yeah. in the face yeah just load them in the back of the trailer those are the, they're better than a heavy bag as far as weight goes would work yeah. throw them out on the road i would challenge you guys to record some of these sessions that you do oh. amongst yourselves like just record it put a recorder on record these sessions don't show them to anybody but at the end of tour go back and kind of just listen through some of these things and you may find some really amazing insights but also some like what the f- was i thinking like i sound like an idiot yeah which may help streamline some of the the healing there or the the changes that need to be made like you know one uh, thing oh yeah sorry, go go ahead. Ahead. I didn't no 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 uh, one thing that i do practice is when things happen on tour and i'm angry about it i know that i'm a very emotional person um but i also am aware that like it's not wise to like have a discussion with someone while you're emotionally charged because you might end up coming across more intense mm-hmm. than desired mm-hmm. or use language that's like harsh or whatever. Mm-hmm. So things another, you don't even mean. A lot yeah. Of times. Another yeah. role we have is like, well, like bring it up in the moment if you can, but if you're feeling really angry, like it's just good to take some space and then write stuff down, like how you feel mm-hmm. and like your notes and then have like a proper outline conversation with the person about the thing later when you're feeling less intense yeah um and that way you don't end up sounding like an asshole or anything <laughs> mm-hmm. um that's been really helpful do you look back at your notes sometimes and you're like what oh wait i'm mad about what like this is not a thing i need to actually worry about I'm- everything that i've written <laughs> is very legitimate <laughs> something I, I need to be if anything i feel like i deserve to be like more upset throughout the years but i'm just really good at like stuffing it down i can see yeah it's just like yeah. it builds up to a point where i just have like a laundry list of grievances so yeah it's been it's the same shit mm-hmm. so usually always the same shit yeah um but we're all works in progress none of us are perfect but yeah <laughs> totally man shoving it down shoving yep. it down shoving it down or beating the that I mean, <laughs> yeah. Have you done this? Have you kicked someone's ass? Um, not in my band. <laughs> have you punched? Have you punched someone have in you the ever face? Closed, have you closed someone in the face? Yeah, close. Like, absolutely. Intentionally, absolutely connected, punched, and like felt that bone on bone punch. Um. Yes. How did that feel to you? It was. Because you've got your mature first... side, but then you also have your primal side. Like, <laughs> you know, I've been through some king shit. side. Like, yeah. I, honestly, mm-hmm. like I grew up with a bunch of domestic abuse, like having to separate my parents or my my, my dad. What? Yeah. I, How have we not talked? Well, of course, well, probably yeah, haven't talked like about this. It's like not something that's like well, yeah. rosy. We, well, we haven't talked about a lot of rosy things either. That's but true. like, Yeah, I grew up with a lot of that. abuse and like, you know, I ran away from home. Like I was there for a while because of abuse in my like we're cool now like well yeah they seem like wonderful wonderful people yeah um oh i'll just get to the the thing about uh punching someone in the face (laughs) yeah my my first my first boyfriend tried to rip out my nose ring at the time because he said it wasn't feminine and then he like it was just it wasn't just that it was like he used to just like lock me in rooms and stuff and then all that rage if in that moment i remember he cornered me against the wall and tried to like take it out of my nose and I got so mad because it was humiliating because he's like in front of people that I like screamed at him and I just wailed on his face like nonstop like five times and I was like blood curdling scream um and 
yeah, it was just, I think I like said like, I hate you. <laughs> like, cause I had been trying to like wow. get out of that relationship for, yeah. for years too. And that was not great for me to do that, but was it deserved? Maybe <laughs> like, uh, <wow. laughs> yes, it is that. And then another time this drunk girl slammed, I think I was, I had a day where I was, um, I used to flee my house a lot cause things got really violent. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting in the parking lot crying and this drunk girl slams her car door into my car. And I remember having tears in my eyes and I looked at her and I just like shook my head because I was already like in such a low place. Yeah. And then she was just like, she called me like an emotional bitch or whatever. Uh -huh. And then I rolled down my window and I stuck my head out. I was just like, I'm going through a lot today. So I just suggest you leave me alone. And then I meant it from like a place of please leave me alone. But she yeah. took that hurt wording as I was starting a fight because uh -huh. I said, I suggest you leave me alone. And then she was like, or what? And then she grabbed my hair and then she pulled it. And then I was like stuck with my head outside the door. And my only option was because she pulled me close to her and she was like, trying to like basically like pull me out of the car uh -huh. and so i opened the door oh no i <laughs> i bit her <laughs> yeah in the neck. Mm -hmm. yeah. whoa this is me seeing red like yeah. one thing about me is i go from like super sad and if someone picks on me when i'm really deeply depressed like i go to like rage because it's like why would you kick someone who's already down mm -hmm. like that is such an ugly part of human nature you know yeah so i bit her <laughs> i'm really embarrassed to admit this on your podcast <laughs> but yeah that happened and then i um she let go of me for the time being and i was able to knock her away with my door and then i was like screaming at her because i was seeing red have you guys ever seen red yeah oh yeah yeah i saw yeah. red and i was like i am going to take this person down right now for bullying someone who's sad you know yeah and yeah she did it feel up. more like bullying someone who's sad or bullying me because i'm sad just in general in general yeah in general like i just hate people who like gotta put an extra knife in someone when they're down mm -hmm. like that's something where i feel like people have done that to my friends and i'm just like what's wrong with you right you know mm -hmm. i got it's like mom vibes like protective <laughs> mom vibes <Yeah>. in me. <laughs> like dormant <laughs> let me ask you this because of course, seeing red is a legitimate emotion, mm -hmm. response, emotional response. As someone as emotional as you are and so in tune, how do you view that <laughs> side of you? Like, do you embrace that side of you? Do you fear that side of you? Like, because it's a legit emotion. Like, it's it's rock bottom. Like, it's it's there's yeah. there's nothing left in the tank, or you know, you're you're going into the red, just like in a car. Like, yeah. it's gonna pop. Well, what it is, is it's, it's a trauma response. Mm -hmm. Um, it's PTSD, which like through going to therapy, I learned mm -hmm. that I have like a ton of from just like my, up, just my childhood and everything. Yeah. So, um, and what you can do is just identify when you're reaching like that low point in your tank where you're like, Oh shoot, I feel there's certain things that happen. Like for me, I get is a little bit dizzy, you know, mm -hmm. I hear ringing in my ears sometimes if I'm starting to go to like way depleted. Um, and then identifying that and getting that space for yourself so you don't go there. And then, um, it's, it's not a place that I like enjoy going by any means, but like also accepting that everyone's human. And, you know, if you do go there, just like try to get, try to step away from the aggressor, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But it, like you said, it's not always easy. Yeah. Sometimes you're like literally 
situation. Yeah, you have to stop it however however it needs to happen. I mean, yeah. if somebody's pulling you out of the car, yeah. There's not really an option should, like, to be like like uh, I please don't do that. Like you can try that for about a half a second and then you realize this person is not going to stop. I yeah. have to make them stop. Life's not yeah. like Dora the Explorer where you're like, swipe or no swiping. And yeah. like, All right, my bad. Like, no, sometimes you gotta punch swiper in the fucking face. Then <laughs> 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 <Ben>, he'll stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not condoning violence. <laughs> I mean, I I wanted to punch swiper in particular a few times, <laughs> to be honest. After that happens though, like how long does it take you to come out of that? Um, like where, because all myself, I will start shaking uncontrollably, like yeah, Parkinson's I get that. shaking. Yeah, I get that too. For hours. Like I get that. And there's like that adrenaline, right? Like you feel like you got like teeth bugs chattering. crawling in you. Yeah. Like there's like something in your skin and I can't <laughs> calm down. It takes me hours. I, I call it like super Saiyan mode when I, when that happens. Cause I literally get like superhuman strength. Yeah. And I like throw. Yeah. And so I'm like swearing a lot this episode. I'm glad. I'm okay. glad you're coming out of your shelter. All right. Yeah. Part five and part three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, part yeah. So yeah. This, part whatever. I don't know. You just like how I feel is I literally feel like I don't care if I live anymore. Like it's like this like survival thing. It's like, oh my God. Like I will, I'm like, whatever I need to do to get out of this situation, I will do. Mm-hmm. And I have like no fear for like anything. That's what it feels like. It's adrenaline. Yeah. Right. You're prepared and to die. Yeah. You're prepared to just die or to get out of the bad situation. It's crazy because you're going to die. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the shaking thing. Um, what sucks is the next day. It feels like I did the craziest workout of my life. Like I am so sore. I'm like. It feels like I, I ran a marathon or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that, I think it's the only way you can truly go all in is to give up the option of you coming out of it as well. Yeah. It's that, that the only way you can be hundred and you're never meant to be that far. I don't think for very long, not no. for very and long. That's why yeah. that pain and that, 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 uh, recovery is so hard. Cause it's like, what the hell? Your whole body's just saying, what the hell was that? Yeah, exactly. Just lost control. And then any injuries that you sustain, you don't feel until like the next day. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty wild. Man. It's interesting. Cause I relate to almost all of that, except for it doesn't take me that long to come down. Once the situation's over. Really? It, it, I'm, I come down per, pretty quick. Definitely mm-hmm. not hours. Yeah. Like maybe an hour. Yeah. Like, and I, and I come, I come out of it pretty fast. Once mm-hmm. the, once either I am beat up or the threat is eliminated, like <laughs> one, one of the two, two, like it goes, it goes, it goes away pretty fast for yeah. me. I just need to get space. Like I need to get away from the person or situation that is making me like that. Um, as soon as I find space, like being in nature or like playing music mm-hmm. really helps me come down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think yeah, you need to know how to just snap yourself out of it. Yeah. How, so this stuff, this, all this stuff you were talking about with your folks, was this pre-hospital or post-hospital? Pre-hospital. Pre-hospital. First boyfriend stuff was pre-hospital? Yes, pre-hospital. Pre-hospital, but drunk chick was also pre-hospital? Pre-hospital, yeah. This is all my childhood, like my formative okay, years. So this is... Like so turbulent. Like all of my earlier songs about like wanting to escape, not wanting yeah. to like live. <laughs> like it's like all about feeling trapped in my situation and trying to find beauty and like ugliness, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um 
And then the whole hospitalization thing, the eating disorder thing, that was like, <clears throat> I'm a firm believer that like things happen in your life because they're no longer sustainable mm -hmm. and like chaos happens, something that you can't control, something that just puts you out for a while and makes you work on yourself. Like it has to happen. Mm -hmm. Like that's like the universe telling you, you got to stop. Like everyone has to stop and like rethink how they approach this. So mm -hmm. me getting really sick, that was because my life was unsustainable like that. Mm -hmm. And like my mental health was just completely like, you know, in the garbage at mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. And I had to be hospitalized. I had to get really sick. My parents had to have that wake up call. Like, Oh, we can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's like hurting our child. They realized um, that. Yeah. Through therapy That's and through incredible. just like, like sometimes also, I think the fear of loss, like I did not to be dramatic. Like I don't want to like make this the highlighting point, but I did almost die. Like my heart didn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I flatlined a bunch just from not eating. And, um, I think that was a wake up call to my family. Like, Oh my gosh, like what we're doing is mm -hmm. like literally killing our daughter. So, um, and, and things are great now. Like yeah, yeah. our relationship, like for anyone who's listening, who has like a turbulent relationship with their parents, like sometimes of course it is better to just step away mm -hmm. because you'll never get their validation. And it, to seek that your entire life is like, just live for yourself. Like do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. There's some people you'll never be able to please because they're like broken people themselves. Yeah. But also there's plenty of chances for growth and for healing. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes going through the worst, most difficult situations can actually result in immense healing. Um, so, you know, don't rule it out. Don't give up on it. If it's something you really want. Yeah. Yeah. Was this, um, was this, did your dad come from that kind of lifestyle too? Was um, this a learned behavior through that? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, I don't want to speak for him. Sure. But I'm just curious my, on that part. Both my parents did grow, grow up through the Cultural Revolution, mm -hmm. which is a difficult time in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Communist China, you know, they got sent to camps mm -hmm. and all of that. Jesus so, Christ. yeah, my, you know, what you think yeah. your life is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can't even. Nope. No. Oh. No. Yeah. That's crazy. Some, that's thinking about those things, you know, and this is not to belittle anybody's problems. Right. But sometimes mm -hmm. I hear people complaining like, Oh, we're, you know, the one I, that struck me recently was somebody that was like, I'm in completely in abject poverty. But when you look at them realistically and you, when you know the person a little bit behind the scenes, you're like, I don't think you have a realistic idea of what poverty is, nor do most, uh, most Americans to be honest. Yeah. And so when you hear that, that kind of stuff, and you know the person behind the scenes a little bit, sometimes it's hard to take seriously. It's like, bro, you're doing okay. You know, like mm -hmm. better than most touring bands for certain, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we all need to realize like sometimes things, especially these last few years have been crazy and they've yeah. been horrible for a lot of people. Uh, but still none of it was the cultural revolution. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. They went Literally through, you know? my, my mom told, I remember this one moment my mom told me like your uncle is cleaning his house and like um he's he's cleaning his house right now he's getting rid of a lot of his possessions and he's mailing them to china and i was like why like that's why is he doing that and then she was like oh she wants to or your uncle wants to um send stuff to this one family in this like village um 
as a thank you or whatever because they're having kids and all that and I was like oh what's with this family and then she's like well you know your uncle they found your uncle I guess there was like um during the cultural revolution like of course a lot of people died Mm -hmm. there's a lot of violence and I guess my uncle had hid in a pile of bodies um to try to get away from some people that were like coming through the village Mm -hmm. and um this one old man on a bike was biking through and found him. My uncle's a kid at the time. Imagine me a kid and having to hide in a pile of dead bodies. Like that's bleak. Um, and the guy on the bike found him and took him in as like his own and like fed him and took care of him. And wow. my uncle now is living in the U S like totally fine. He builds model planes, like just living his yeah. life like, <laughs> as a vegetable garden, you know, <laughs> like as a normal life. And it's like, I remember hearing that and just being like, Holy crap. Like, my life's dope. Like, right. you know, like I don't, I don't yeah. have to hide in a pile of dead bodies to avoid being like bayoneted or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, Good I might Lord. even say that to like try to belittle anybody. Or, yeah. Or, it's all or, relative. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Not minimizing anyone's pain or discomfort yeah. that they're going through. But I do think we, we all as humans have a tendency to like envision ourselves as the hero of our own story. And yeah. you know, we're, nobody has it harder than us when realistically yeah. if you just take 10 seconds and think about it it's like ah it's gonna be okay like yeah. it's gonna be okay like you know and I think it's also a mindset thing like you know things can be terrible but if you find like I, we were talking about this the only way I got through was finding a silver lining mm-hmm. like that stuff that happened to me like not fair I didn't deserve that but the only way I was able to get through is like my perspective shifting into like, well, I learned a huge lesson here Mm -hmm. and this is going to fortify, if I survive this, this is going to like fortify me and I'm going to be so much stronger and like more resilient. And like, you know, I can use this to help other people too. So it's Mm -hmm. like a perspective thing. I think just putting it out here for people to hear, like, cause they see you on stage doing all this amazing stuff and they're like, wow, look at her. She's crushing it. (laughs) They have no idea that all of that happened to you and what you had to do to even pick up music again, which you like touched on briefly the first time we recorded. But like now I'm like, ah, this is what she was talking about. I I didn't have any idea. And getting (laughs) that out there for people to hear, it's like, that's amazing that you're willing to do that because who knows what somebody listening to this is going through right now and needing to hear exactly what you just said. I've seen it through our VIP meet and greets and stuff. Like people come and like tell me, they write me letters and tell me like what they're going through. And I'm just like, holy cow. I can't believe that this is helping people. And that makes me feel like I have purpose, even though I do write for myself and myself exclusively, like it's therapy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the fact that it can touch and help people through a really dark time is just an added bonus. And it makes me feel validated a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. That, that kind of stuff where people, uh, it's just such a weird thing when people are willing to just come up to someone they don't know and, and lay that kind of stuff on them, you know? Yeah. It happens all the time to, to, uh, you know, public figures, <laughs> but like, it's just the guts it takes to do that. Maybe it's easier. I don't know. I've never done it myself. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I talk about things on the show, but I've never gone up to someone that I look up to as far as like music or, or sports or something and said, Hey, you know, you, you did this, you know, or, or, or I'm going through this, like the amount of guts it takes to do that is just incredible to, you know, to do something like that. I really think, um, 
Yeah. You know, like when we were, we said our part two and people would come up to you, like we're at the table doing our thing and they would come up with, oh, I, Yvette, oh my God. And then they would like, you know, and we're, that's the one we were talking about the at home guitar lessons. Like Yvette will come to your house. <laughs> that, that blew and my how, mind. I was like, she does what? This is not a good idea. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a different time now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, yeah. Did you stop doing that shortly after that? I mean, how long ago was that? That was this was you, three, three, four years ago. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. I, I remember hearing that on Dewey's episode. I was like, I can't believe she does that. Like I wouldn't even be comfortable doing that. The dude was sitting like two tables down, just the whole interview, just sitting there, like just waiting. I mean, it was, I kind of get it on one hand, like, but it, on the other hand, it's like, wait till your scheduled time. I don't know. It's, it's a, a, it's a great idea in theory, but the, the dangers it would put you in could be yeah. awful. Yeah, yeah, I've had a few scary encounters, but yeah. I think, you know, um, after after the stuff that happened to me with yeah. the crazy person who came to my house, uh-huh. yeah, I think I've I've had to put a little more distance in between me and people because mm-hmm. I'm realizing, look, it doesn't take being a public figure. If you are a person on the internet, mm-hmm. someone can find you. Someone who's mentally unwell can find you and they can make up any story they want about you, mm-hmm. get obsessed and fixated on you, find out where you live and just. I mean, if you're working do. at a grocery store, yeah, that like, can happen. Oh, yeah. If you are a person on this planet, mm-hmm. but especially on the internet though, like I feel like people, because they get this like two dimensional view of like who you are and what your life is like. Um, it, and, you know, literally anyone can be on the internet and like see a person. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just invites that sort of negative attention. I had some, it was weird because everything I've done has been so gear based. Right. And so I was like, that's not going to be weird. Like it's guitar gear. You can only get so weird, but I had some really creepy emails very early on. Oh my God. That made me almost stop. Cause I was like, is this what it's going to be like? Is this what happens to everybody? Do you remember what, did you just say something wrong about like a feature? No, it wasn't even that. It was somebody who like, because I had did the podcast fairly quickly. Yeah. I started on Instagram and then did the podcast. And it was somebody who w- had listened and got an unhealthy attachment to me. Oh, of no. all people. I'm like, uh, most people don't even want to look at me, let alone have an unhealthy attachment <laughs> to me. This is a, this is bizarre. And I just finally had to like, I was like, I think I'm going to have to like, just comp- at first I, I, I always try to respond to everybody to the best of my yeah. ability. It's just what I do. And I think it's important to do that. Yes. This person had to, to go just away. I, I had to stop responding. It was mostly via email, but I was like, this person really, really thinks they know me in a way that they, sh- that nobody, but the, my closest family and friends know me and they would never send me these kind of things. It was just, it was a really w- it was an interesting wake up call, especially as a dude that doesn't usually happen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, I don't, I hate to generalize because of course it did happen to me, but it's just bizarre that it could happen over. I'm like, I'm going to talk about pedals on the internet. Oh, you can be oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Super oh. weird. Yeah. Oh. That's what I was like. Oh, I've got an email from Sonzo. They're always really nice. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Yeah. See, you can be anyone doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone out there. There's just people out there who are just not around. Not, not great. Doing yeah. great. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. In the head. <laughs> Have you ever had anything like that, Dewey? I get. 
Uh, you know, laugh. as vague as you need yeah. to be. Yeah. I, yeah. So I've had some, but I, I, my weird thing is I get people hitting me up to uh, record things for them, like stories they wrote, like erotic stories they wrote. <laughs> oh, there's, there's. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, do we? We're going to talk about this on the. Uh, oh. <laughs> but this is to qualify this too. It's men and women both mm-hmm. that want me to record something they wrote in my voice and because they listen to the show and do you have a nice voice. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. But they, they use the show for more than just uh, listening. Please respond Uh, to my emails. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So it's happened actually quite a few times. It's, it started out kind of small, like here and there. And I was like, that's kind of a weird niche. And then more came in. I was like, okay, this is actually a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently some people have, have done it to multiple people, like reached out just trying to get someone to do it. Like uh, some people offer money, like, you know, if you read this thing and I'm like, it's What's kind of weird, point? but it's like, I haven't done it. Like I, I haven't taken them up on it, but it was, it, it happens quite a bit and it's, it's really weird. That is really weird. Different places, not even like different countries. Like it's, it's a thing. So apparently that's kind of the weirdest part of it. I mean, there's people that, um, they're really enthusiastic fans of the show and like know my kids' names and all this stuff. Well, which that's is great. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. But it's never gotten aside from the, those emails I'm talking about, like, or, or DMS, like it's never gotten to the point where it was, I had to like shut it down or something or kind of like push it away. Kind of just lean into it for a minute and it kind of goes away. But then like, uh, I've never had the, Oh, you know, like yeah. kind of moment except for like, Oh, that's kind of weird. But I, I look at it kind of differently, I guess. Yeah, it I takes just, a lot more to get me going that way. Well, it wasn't, you know, I mean, if it was as, as simple as that, I would have been like, eh, whatever, just ignore. No, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. But no, this was like, oh, you have interests that I'm not that I do not share. Mm. Um, and mm. uh, yeah, this is this is not going to go the way you envision that it's going to go. I think. I can only imagine your your DM lockbox of of weird. I don't I don't look at DMs anymore. I like I for used that to, reason? Dude, I used to respond to everyone. I just like it gets to a point where you're not able to do that. Like I yeah. don't I barely have a life beyond work. Mm-hmm. And it's like if I were to spend time like taking on everyone's like I want to. Believe me, I wish I could cut myself into infinite pieces and give myself away to everyone, but I only have a limited amount of mm-hmm. space. And I think for me to survive and do continue creating and do the thing I love. And, um, you know, I can't go and like (laughs) individually address everyone's problems. Um, all I can do is, is make music that's uplifting and like pour myself into my art and hope that it can help someone indirectly. Mm -hmm. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that's like my attempt at like compassion. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't check DMS anymore just cause they can be weird. People get like overly attached. Yeah. Um, people uh i'm also like really grateful like honestly i think sometimes it's also pretty lonely (laughs) like being a public figure because it's just like you want to just have people like be your friend for who you are yeah who i am is like not on like the stuff that i put on the internet i feel like that is just like maybe five percent of like what i have to offer as Mm -hmm. like a person and it's just like weird to meet people who already like have like assumptions about you or think like they're this one thing and yeah I don't know for a while I was doing this thing where I was um, like 
<laughs> I was using like Bumble just to make friends, mm-hmm. like purpose, mm-hmm. like no romantic, whatever. Like, yeah, platonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely ultra platonic. And I just like wanted to talk to people. I didn't tell them what I did or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, I want to learn about your life. Like, what do you do? You're not a musician. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you make gerrymandering uh, simulations, <laughs> you know, like all these random jobs. And right. I was like, this is fascinating. And it like, I don't know. I just like wanted to kind of have conversations that didn't relate to all, all of what I do too. Yeah. This is great. I feel like this is always like, you know, talking about stuff that I feel like truly really matters. <laughs> well, yeah, too. And this is something mm-hmm. we would do without microphones. Well, yeah. You and I have talked on the phone plenty of times about so when it's real, like 100%. it's, it's not, uh, it's not about that at all. Like that's the thing. I, it's just a, I mean, you're a fascinating person, you know, but Thanks. there's so much more to you than what you do on stage. That's just what people are, you know, that know you for, like you're saying, that's, what's super interesting that you bring that up too, because it's something I ask all the time is how do you deal with, you know, somebody walking up to you thinking they know who you are and you don't know them. All. That's the thing. Everyone yeah. in that room tonight is going to know who you are, but you don't know any of them hardly like it, it, You know what I mean? Or they, yeah. they have a perceived notion of who you are uh going into this yeah but they really have no idea and so also tied to that doing the bumble thing for platonic friends like it's almost like trying to have anonymity but also trying to connect more with the that's what's weird about it is <clears throat> you're anonymous to them as far as what you do but you're trying to get even more from them than you would a, a normal um you know what I mean? Like I'm trying oh, yeah. to explain like a normal like, interaction. Yeah. yeah. Like but you I've... want more deep connection while also being anonymous. Yeah. Or and anonymity. I, I think there's a certain power imbalance that is there if you were to be friend, like a fan or something. Yeah. Like they're going to, s- I just don't like that. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's icky. Like I don't want to feel like I have like any power over a person. Like I want to be equals, you know? Yeah. That goes so. back to the princess thing. Like you don't like that feeling, you know, when somebody's, <laughs> trying to serve you stuff it's almost like that but on steroids yeah Mm -hmm. exactly like i don't want someone to think i'm like i walk on water or whatever like i want like i think the best kinds of friendships and stuff someone who will be real with you and like call you out Mm -hmm. and like also someone who you know like even if i was stripped of everything that i do i think like at the core i still like who i am so i hope that you know someone Mm -hmm. can notice that part of me and want to be my friend rather than like, oh, cool. She has a lot of guitars and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, shreds or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's like the most important stuff. I, everyone's different. Like, I just care about like really deep connections. Like, that's my whole <laughs> thing. Right. Like, that makes me feel really happy. Like, life has meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that's not everyone. Like, people want something different out of life. So, sure. That's what I think. The, the what do you want out of life? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> this, like, this is great. Yeah. Like, I get super excited about doing this and doing it with a variety of people. I've actually thought about it, like doing a different show. That's exactly the same. Basically Dewey's show. Cause Dewey can talk to anybody and I have to sort of, I've pigeonholed myself into guitar people, which is fine. There's, there's an unlimited supply of cool guitar people to talk to, but sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, Dewey got to talk to that person. How do I swing that? I don't think Danny Trejo plays guitar. 
Uh, and it's not even just like <laughs> that, that example hey, in particular, oh, <laughs> but like, God. it's just like, I'd love to f- pick other people's brain from other <laughs> walks of life. That's been the most rewarding thing about doing this show for me is I wasn't as open of a person before doing mm. the show. I was like, I got it figured out. I know how everything works. And then it was like, no, you don't like talk <laughs> to like three different people that, from a completely different walk of life. And it's like, oh. Dude, I don't know what I'm talking about at all. Everyone could benefit from perspective. I feel like that's just like, yeah, just hearing someone else's story and struggle, like it totally can check you even. I feel like the older I get, even in my field, like, okay, in general, like in life, the older I get, the more I'm like, I should just listen. I just like listen to other people. And Mm -hmm. then even in music, like, I feel like the, the more years I clock in, I'm like, oh my God. I don't know anything. (laughs) It's constantly evolving. Yeah. hundred percent. Man, you know who my Bumble is? My Bumble, if I had a Bumble, like if someone would personify Bumble Mm -hmm. as a person, it'd be Monica. That's speakeasy because she connected me with you. She connected me with (laughs) Phil. She connected me with Kareen around from Pussifer. Three of the deepest connections I've got out of almost 300 episodes of the show all from her saying, Hey, I think you like this person. See how it goes. She's incredible, but she, she literally was responsible for you and I, Phil. And, and, and we haven't spontaneously combusted all together. Yeah. I, I was laughing about that the other day. When I was thinking <laughs> oh yeah. About this I remember that. <laughs> uh, if we could we just vaporize to... at the same time, cause we couldn't handle it. Uh, <laughs> if, if one person was gone and, and uh, anyway, that was just an analogy that came to my head. Is, is <laughs> Monica Speakeasy would be my Bumble. Uh, purse, she's my Bumble publicist, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> the millionaire matchmaker or whatever. <laughs> it's just such a, was such a interesting, and I've never met her. I've never talked to her on the phone. It's all email or text and that's it. Like she won't come on the show. She likes to stay in the background. I feel that. But uh, I wish she would. Cause I would love to pick her brain. Uh, anyway, shout out to Monica. She's great. But um, I feel like there should be like a bumble for um, like crew, like hiring crew for bands. Yeah. And stuff. I'm surprised that that kind of doesn't exist. Is there really a celebrity Tinder? Yes. There it's is. It's called Raya. Raya. It's not exactly Tinder. It's, um, it's more like industry people. Like, if you wanna, like people do use it to do like. Yeah. Know, Hookups. Mm-hmm. Hookups. I'm not really, I'm not a hookup person at all. So it's like, I, yeah, I, I, my tour manager actually got me to download it. And honestly, we just go on and clown on like really, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. Oh, wow. But we uh, like, like just be as politically just the correct narciss- as you The need narcissism to be. is rampant. Like, Holy cow. Mm-hmm. You look at like some people in their lives and just like what they want to advertise and like how they present themselves. And it's like this oiled up mirror selfie, like yes. riding a horse or whatever, yes. like, like holding oh. a check for $300,000. Like, who are you, dude? Like, who are you trying to impress? Like, it's just funny. So we'll go to the hotel and like we'll go through and like kind of just clown. Um, guys, I gotta bit. edit my Raya profile. Like, I think I I'm gonna laugh every time my daughter puts on Raya, the Last Dragon. Yeah, me too. That's what I was the first thing I thought. This of. is exactly what I'm thinking about here. Yeah, I mean, like here, I'll pull it out right now. I'll oh boy, you. do you have, have the celebrity? I, I have it. It's not for dating. 
it's literally for like networking. Can or... anyone get on there? Well, I've only I've only talked to like one person on it, and they end up being cool. Trying to like here, no, like I've seen <clears throat> like I ran into Dead Mouse on here or whatever. Okay, but like I don't want to meet. I mean, like, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't say that on here. <laughs> sorry. Uh, a plankton researcher. That's pretty okay. cool. Jason, thirty-three plankton researcher. Let's see if I can find a funny one for you guys. Wow, plankton researcher. This Ooh, is connected with a plankton researcher. Connected. All right, there you go. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so I talked to somebody a little bit earlier, but this is actually private property. We don't own any of this. Oh, okay. So you can't actually have anybody over here. Oh. You said you guys were just gonna be over here for like ten minutes, so I was like, okay, I'll cover for you. But the hotel is asking about it. We just can't have. Oh, okay. 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 No worries. Yeah. Well, up. can we can we wrap up real quick and then well, sail out? But they did say that almost an hour ago when I asked, and then they said like ten minutes and then we'll wrap up. And I'm kind of getting yelled at for it. Okay. 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 Sorry about do you guys, that. Do you guys need like a quiet place to do this or something? Yeah. 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 This, we we just couldn't find one, so we figure right here would be okay for. Do you have to do it in the green room by chance? It's so loud. That's there. the loudest place in yeah. there, I think, because yeah. it's right behind the stay like curtain. Yeah, I mean, it's just hey, if it was our property, I would be cool. I I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up real quick. Wrap yeah. Up right now. Um. Yeah. Musician. Whatever. You know. Just going through. Uh, going through these profiles. Shelby, you're looking good. Uh, sustainable aviation. Oh my uh, god. Writer. Um, so it's not really celebrities. It's just a different, like a professional dating app. Is that what it is? Like producer. Uh, yeah, I'm just randomly clicking around. Man, I'm, there's no douchebags on this thing. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. Usually it's like douchebags. Okay, this guy. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, we got an hour out of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do we want to try right. to relocate or, or I, wrap it up and up call it good? You guys. I think I, I, yeah, I don't, uh, I think, I think we're good. I, we can, we can do it somewhere else if we want. We can, we can leave I it on here. Up to you, really. It's whatever. a show night. So. Yeah, it's a show night. So yeah. whatever you go, got going. I just don't know where else we can go. Yeah, I don't either. Should we do like concluding thoughts? Yeah. I, yeah. I think it kind of, as soon as I circled that right and started clowning on these fools. It's how it works though. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, Jupiter Hotel. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Thanks for the hospitality. Shout out Jupiter Hotel. Hour. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank we you. did sneak in here, so. We did, kind of. Yeah. We got shut down, guys. Yeah. So... Yeah, I guess thanks to the Jupiter. Thanks to you for spending the time. This is awesome. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this for so long, and this this turned out really, really well. Yeah. About what I expected. <laughs> I feel like things always get dark and then always get like kind of goofy. Like, That's I mean, I did want to talk more real. about the sleep paralysis demons, but we'll have to yeah. save that for another time. Well, we can do a part two. How about that? Yeah, that's what we'll I'm do saying. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Yvette, thank you. All right. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thank right. you both. Signing out. Signing Bye. out. All right, we did it. We did it. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm always going to remember that one. All the ones I do when she is involved seem to just, they have a certain special magic to them. I don't know what it is. But like Dewey said, she's also a guest that gets requested on here a bunch. So yeah, I think she she comes off that way to everybody. But I have some good news. If you want the part two, there is a part two because the Jupiter Hotel said, hey, you can't be here, but you can be in our lobby. And so we went over to the lobby and we recorded for about 40 more minutes. And if you'd like to get that conversation and help support the show, you can go over to Patreon. Patreon.com slash where for five bucks a month, you will get access to all of the extended interviews 
and a bunch of other stuff too, if you want. You don't have to, of course. You can also get that premium content by going to Apple. You're in the Apple podcast app and you can subscribe to the premium content through there as well. It's the same price. It's just a little easier for some folks who have Apple devices, but if not, Patreon is the place. And I tell you, that helps out immensely. I cannot overstate how much that really, really, really helps. It goes directly to the show. It literally keeps the lights on. No joke. It is literally paying the electric bill. So thank you all so much for everyone who is doing that. And if you can't, I totally understand. But if you could help share this show with somebody you think would enjoy it, that would be immense. Also, make sure you check out Dewey's podcast, the Pure Pleasure podcast. Make sure you check out Yvette's music. If you don't know it, I mean, come on. She's one of my favorite guitarists. Please go check out her band Covet and her solo stuff. Just give her a follow on all the socials. She's fantastic. And yeah, that's it for this week. We've got some really fun stuff coming. I'll let you know about all that very soon. I'll be at GearFest next week, gathering as much content as I possibly can for everybody. So I will keep you all posted on the social medias and the Facebook group and the Discord and, 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 and the text chat. I'm everywhere, man. I'm everywhere. Hit me up. I'm here for you. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.